I saw a sign that said, the Lord is not calling us to the church. He's calling us to be the church. Amen. To be the church. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, it's good to be at the Lord's house tonight. Amen. And uh, in, when we look at, at the Bible and we begin to study, I found out that we can find just about any story, kind of story, that we want to read about, we can find it in, in the Bible. And uh, it, it's great. Daniel is uh, one of the most interesting books in the Bible, I think. Uh, it's it's good to study it, but uh, we can we can find. Of course, we're in Daniel seven tonight, but uh, we see a vision of human history extended from Daniel's time until Christ. And I uh, at the end of this study on this, you could almost have a camp meeting by yourself when when you get to look. You get to look at it. <laughs> and I, I forgot to tell you that if you didn't get a copy of the lesson, there's there's a copy on that stand right at the back of the church. At so, the back. All right. Yeah. So just pick it up. It's all bound together right here for you. Okay. Daniel chapter 7, verse number 14 is the key verse that we are gearing in on tonight. He was given authority glory and sovereign power all nations and people of every language worshiped him his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed now i didn't read that just one time i read it several times you uh, know he was given authority glory and sovereign power all nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Amen. Well. Amen. Well. I'm glad tonight that I am part of the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Is it important for Christians to talk about uh, end time prophecies and be aware of what the Bible teaches about the future events? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Huh? Yes. If so, why? So that we can tell others, and we we have that knowledge, and I think that's really important because I get asked all the time, especially here lately. Um, about what's going on and with the knowledge of the Bible I'm able to lead them in the right direction okay okay Matthew chapter 24 verse number 42 right, Matthew 24 verse 42 
Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Amen. Therefore keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. Amen. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Wow. Amen. So Daniel Daniel has a vision. We've we've studied before our dream. We've studied before about Nebuchadnezzar's vision or dream and we've studied about Belshazzar's uh, handwriting on the wall that uh, seeing the wall seeing the writing on the wall how that his knees smoked together how that he turned pale how that fear gripped him but Daniel had a vision and he had a vision of four beasts the first one was a lion a bear and a leper. And it it I think it's important that to note that the time of the book of Daniel, as we begin, as we study the chapter seven, Daniel's vision takes us back to the end of Belshazzar's rule. So it, it to the first first of his ring, why? So verse two describes or begins a description of four winds. And, of course, if you've watched any news at all, you're, you're seeing what the wind is. You know, it, it, it's hard for my mind to comprehend how that it can be a sustained wind of 120 or 140 miles an hour. I told my daughters, you better put rocks in your pocket when you get out so you stay on the ground. But four, four winds... And uh, it, it, it tells us that the four winds represent spiritual forces at work in heavenly places affecting godless nations and human events. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So the four beasts that Daniel saw rising from the sea were four earthly kingdoms of world history. Now, <clears throat> when I was in school, world history was just not one of my favorite subjects. But after I got out of school and after the Lord called me to preach, history became very important to me. Mm -hmm. uh, we, 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 look, we look at the history and, and so many things happen. But all four beasts are different from one another. The first three are more similar in that they are described as resembling animals. Most scholars agree that the first beast, 
which looked like a lion, represents the Babylonian Empire. The second beast, representing a bear, represents the Medo-Persian Empire. And the third beast, which represents a leper, is the Grecian Empire. Uh, this interpretation is based in part on the fact that chapter 7 concludes with the aromatic section of David, which began with Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter 2. Now the chaotic scene described in Daniel 7, chapter, chap, Daniel 7, 1 through 6, might cause some to think of our world today. There's a lot of things that's going on in this world today. Yes. There's you turn the news on and you can't I've said before you can't watch the news without being depressed. Yeah. You know. But uh I can watch the news and realize that hey, the best is still yet to come for you and I as yes. a child of God. That's right. Amen. Amen. And uh, that's I th I think it's a trick of the devil to get us depressed. Yeah. You know, uh the scripture tells me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And if I become depressed, then I lose my joy. That's right. Amen. So I, I, I want to keep the joy in my heart. And, and sometimes through things, it's kind of hard to do. Many live in fear as they see constant economic and political changes in the world. And we're going through a season of time right now that... Uh, there could be some political changes that, that takes place. But still yet, there's one thing that we do know, that God is in control of whatever happens. Amen. We've got one that we can look to. Amen. Amen. But we don't need to be alarmed. Daniel teaches us God, God is in control. How might four conflicting winds serve to describe the social, the political, and even spiritual situation in our world today. Say that again. How might four conflicting winds serve to describe the social, political, and even spiritual situation in our world today? Different political ideologies are conflicting with each other, involves a social. Um, each part of those, I mean, they almost they overlap each other, right? Um, because if you if you have uh, one social type of leaning, it affects spiritually. It can affect you spiritually as well, and it can affect your emotions. And all kinds of things. I mean, we see that we see that in people how they express themselves. How do how do we respond when we feel anxious uh, about conflicts and crises in our world today? How do we respond? How do we, or how should we? How do we respond? <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of people, as he said, he, some people panic. Yep. Uh, what else? How do people respond? They they respond in a whole lot of ways. Um, uh, sometimes hatefully, emotionally, uh, fearfully, in a lot of things. All right. Daniel chapter seven, verses seven, seven and eight. Let's let's read that, okay? After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there be was there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Wow. This fourth beast is not like the first three. Uh, it did not resemble an animal, but was instead described as terrifying, frightening, and very powerful. Uh, it had ten horns, and uh, Daniel said that while he was watching before, right before him, uh, there was an, another horn that came up, and uh, many scholars agree that that uh, this 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 beast uh, represents the Roman Empire, the kingdom which was uh, more fiercer fiercer than the others. Crushing all who opposed it. Uh, I've heard a lot of preachers preach about what was going to come out of the Roman uh, kingdom, Roman empire. Uh, and like I said, when you're, when you're in school and history is not a subject, you find that you really, when you really begin to look at the Bible, and begin to study, you, you find some things that, well, I wish I'd paid more attention while I was in school, you know. Uh, the beast changed before Daniel's eyes, growing another small horn, and uh, many scholars see the little horn in this verse referring to the Antichrist. Now, I want to stay right here to start off with, I'm not looking for the Antichrist tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm looking for the Christ. Amen. Amen. The government and take us home to be with Him. But uh, the Antichrist will arise in in the future during the Great Tribulation, and uh, will be Satan's final attempt to rule humanity before Christ's millennial reign. Uh, you look at what's going on in the world today and you think, well, Satan's doing a pretty good job of controlling a lot of things now. You know, um, 
And we could be we could get depressed just by thinking of that and looking at things, but we know that there's better things in store for the child of God. Amen. And uh, government rule and rulers follow a multitude of motives, attitudes, and actions because of the sinful conditions within human hearts. Even a government with the best of intentions cannot bring about true peace and harmony in this world. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor, it's hard not to preach. It is <laughs> on on some of these on some of these things. My goodness, you just you, wow. A lot of people put their hope and their trust in in the things that they can see, and right? The things that they think are reliable. Um, we can see the government. We can see other people. To a certain extent, we can rely on some of the things that the government does for us, and we can rely on other people for certain things, and there's nothing wrong with us having those uh, having the government it's a good thing for us to be able to have the government that protects us it's a good thing to have people that help us but we must not lose sight of the fact that they are not our that's right. source that's right. of of uh, of life and peace and hope that's only found in Jesus you know i, I was in studying this, I, I thought about where well, you said one time that uh, you and Sister Casimir was going through a hard time and the pastor told you that that the job was not your source. Right. You know, and uh, I'm so glad I know tonight that What's happening in this world is not my source. Amen. But I've got a God that's still in control tonight. Amen. 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 God gave Daniel this dream to help him and all God's people recognize that he is in control of every event of history. Yeah. Now, just because he gave it to Daniel, does it not apply to us today? Yeah. Huh? Sure it does. He is in control of every event of history. Earthly kingdoms are temporary and subject to the will and power of God. The people of God must not look to human political powers for answers to their questions and hope for the future. Let me read that again. The people of God, that's you and I, yeah. must not look to human political powers for answer to our questions and hope for the future. Amen. Amen. Glory. Neither are we to be dismayed or anxious by the action of ungodly rulers. God is sovereign over human rule and his kingdom alone is permanent. Amen. Mm. Why is it important to recognize the earthly kingdoms are temporary? Why is it important to recognize that earthly kingdoms are just temporary? Not everybody all at once. Yeah. Why are earthly kingdoms temporary? Why do we need to view them that way? We're just passing through. Because we're just passing through somebody else. 
just passing through. This world is not my home. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think even Christians might be tempted to despair over the situation of our world? Why, why do Christians get in despair over the situation that we're going through? Can, can Christians get pulled into that cycle of despair? Sure. Good point. We live here too, even if it's just a short while. Um, but we're we're human, and we're subject to human emotions. And and but we have to realize that we are not an island to ourselves, and we are not designed to just uh, have only input from ourselves or other people. We have to be connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. How often have you told it that uh, we need to read the Bible, we need to pray, and we need to have fellowship with the church? And that that is so important that, that we have that something that we desperately need. What is the difference between feeling concerned for world situations and becoming dismayed over world situations? What is the difference between feeling concerned for world situations and, and becoming dismayed over world situations? We have to live here too, you know, like, like we said on the last, on the last question. You know, we need. We should be concerned about what goes on, where we live, and things like that. But overall, it's not the bigger picture. And bigger picture. I like that. I I think of the scripture somewhere that where it says in Hebrews that where it says that Abraham looked for a city whose builder and whose maker is God. Amen. I uh, I think we need to be looking further on than what we are. Amen. Amen. Here are several keys to a proper perspective in a chaotic world. You can look to God in prayer about world situations. You can express trust in Him no matter the circumstances. And you can direct praise and confidence toward Him when events go in the wrong direction. Amen. Wow. Daniel chapter 7, verses 15 and 16 and 17. I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit, and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the meaning of all this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. Hmm. Now verses, yeah, okay. Daniel did not understand what he had seen, so he asked one standing nearby to interpret it. The four beasts represent four kings and kingdoms that would ascend to power in the future. 
As stated earlier, the fourth beast was different from the others and, and is thought to represent the Roman Empire. The description of the Roman Empire is fitting since it would, as it, as it, at its peak, devour the entire world known to Daniel at that time. The future and actions of the fourth beast are given with greater details. The ten horns are believed to be the ten nations that will have their political roots in the, the old Roman Empire. Another king rising up after the ten kings in verse 24 is the little horn who overpowers three of the ten kings. The remaining seven nations will submit to his leadership and this final king will be the Antichrist. Do you think the Antichrist is alive today? <laughs> everybody's most everybody's saying yes. Someone said it's be insane to think he's not, and somebody said it doesn't make any difference what I think because it is what it's going to be. I mean, the God's already ordained what it's going to be. That's right. The Antichrist is seen as arrogant, defiant, unleashing a tyrant against God, and launching a fierce war attack the holy people. Now let me ask you again. Do you think that the Antichrist is alive and well today with what is going on in this old world today? Whether he's physically present, we know the spirit of Antichrist is here. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> some, some see this as a reference to the Jews in the last half of the tribulation period. Now I've had people tell me that, uh, you know, they've got plenty of time to get saved. They don't need the Lord now. I'm living my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. And I've got time. Even after the rapture takes place, I've still got time. And my answer has always been, if you can't live for God now, what makes you think you can live for God during the tribulation period? Zechariah chapter 13 verse 8 And the whole land declares the Lord two thirds will be struck down and perish yet one third will be left in it. Wow. Chapter four, Zechariah chapter 14 verse 1 Do we have that one? I got a Bible. Okay. Zechariah 14, 1. 1, yes. I feel like the scriptures scramble, the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. Do I need to stand up? Uh, a day of the Lord is coming, Jerusalem, when your, when your possessions will be plundered and divided up within your very walls. Okay, and in Revelations 12, 1 through 6. Revelation 12, 1. A great sign appeared in the heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. 
Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Okay. He will be permitted, the Antichrist will be permitted to continue for three and a half years at God's appointed time the antichrist will be removed judged and de and destroyed now back in 1982 i had the privilege to go to israel and on the on their taxi cab their license plates all of them had 666 that was their license plates mm. and you know we have heard what 666 you know that's that's a sign, and uh, it almost makes you, when we was over there, if we need to get in a taxi, almost makes you not want to get in it, you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, God's still in control. Amen. Daniel's vision tells us that the Antichrist will attack God's people in the future. Now, I thought when I was reading this and studying, he's not waiting to the future. The devil is already on the rampage. That's right. We must recognize that Satan uses many tactics to lead us away from Christ, even today. Satan tries to make us unashamed to identify as Christians. And that kind of, you know, uh, I've, I've met church people that didn't want to say, hey, hey, I'm a child of God. You know, uh, we kind of carried down a little bit. But we should not be ashamed of who we are. Amen. God's people are often portrayed as foolish and uh, intolerant and where they stand when they stand for godliness. Satan also uses less subtle methods to defeat us, accusing us of past sins. Do you ever have problems with that? There have been a lot of times that I would get down to pray and get down to uh, sit down to study, and the first thing that the old devil does is sit right up here and begin to remind me of things that happened years ago. I'm so glad I know tonight that they are all under the blood of Jesus Amen. Christ. That's right. Amen. He tempts us in an effort to make us fall, recognizing that the Christian walk will not be easy, helps us prepare for such trials. Yet Daniel 7 shows us our hope is greater than any fear. Amen. I underline Amen. that. Amen. 
it shows us that our hope is greater than any fear. Amen. So let me ask, there's another question here says, what tactics of Satan have you experienced to draw you away from your commitment to Christ? You know, he tries to use distraction. Yeah, he does. That. He can yeah. try to get you interested in something else that is not necessarily bad, but will keep you from doing things for God. That's right. Daniel 7, chapter chapter 7, and verse 18. Anybody else, you want to weigh in on that? Some tactics that the devil's used on you or that you're familiar with, you've heard about, you know about. I don't want to be the only one. I know there's more. It's not distraction. It's what other people will think about you sometimes. It's what will go through your head sometimes. Put, puts thoughts in your mind, wondering, you know, what other people are going to think about you. Yeah. Puts doubts in your mind. All right. He's got a big bag of, of tricks. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But <laughs> greater is he that's in the world. than he that's in the world. Yeah, right. we'll start preaching right there. <laughs> uh, verse number 18, chapter 7. Now, if we are. What was that it? 7 18? Uh, is it 8 17? Or 718. 718. 718. 718. Let me find it. Brian may have it. Get it before I get to it. I'm trying to hold two things and turn the pages. It's not working too well for me. Oh, there it is. But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom. And will possess it forever, yes, forever and ever. Oh, let's read that again. But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever, yes, forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. While Daniel's vision mainly deals with various earthly kingdoms and the temporary dominance, the final outcome is inevitable. Jesus Christ and the saints of God will be victorious. Amen. God's people of every generation have exercised endurance even in the face of great hardships. Ultimately, all Christians will share God's kingdom with Him forever. The saints of the Most High from every generation will one day receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Amen. Well, Amen. because of every Christian in an, is an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 17. Amen. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we might may also share in his glory. Wow. The rule and the power of the earth's kingdom will be given to the holy people of the Most High. 
The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God. It will be an everlasting kingdom. All dominion, our rulers, will serve and obey him. In verse 28 of chapter 7, we learn that Daniel's dream troubled him. He knew its implications. Many believers would suffer physically. Their faith would be tried. And this so troubled Daniel that he kept the dream to himself. Wow. How will you respond to what is found in Daniel's troubling dream? How will we respond to it? Gotta believe it, don't we? Gotta believe it. Believe it. Live like it makes a difference and it matters because it does. Right. Trust in him. Trust in him. Daniel's dream is a reminder to all Christians to share their faith. Daniel's dream is a reminder to all Christians to share their faith. Amen. So, as the pastor has said so many times, it's not all inside this building. Right. we got to get out there. How often do we share Christ with the lost in the sinful chaos of our fallen world? How can you bring hope to the hopeless? Pray that God will help you share the hope of Christ with someone this week. Yeah. Amen. Daniel chapter 7 verses 9 through 12. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, the hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Wow. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. 12, wasn't it? Yes. Daniel 7-9 marks the beginning of a poetic portion of the vision in which thrones were cast down. It's ushered in the fifth kingdom, the final manifestation of power in this world. The poetic passage opens with the ancient of days and there's a chorus that we sang that's got that yeah. mm -hmm. wow taking his seat mm. this verse pictures a royal court setting the ancient of days is God the Father 
His white robe and white hair represents his purity and wisdom. His throne and his wheels are aflame. A flame also continuously issues from his throne. A multitude attends him. Everything is in order. Then the books are open. Please search the book again. Abraham recognized God as judge of all the earth and knew that he would do what is right. Genesis chapter 18 verses 25. Far be it from you to do such a thing to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will you not judge all of the earth? Uh, will not judge of the earth, of all the earth do right? And then Psalms chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. God has prepared his throne for judgment and will judge the world in righteousness. God possesses all knowledge and power, so he alone is worthy to judge. Furthermore, God is the righteous judge because he is sovereign. He's in control of everything, including setting up and removing kings and nations. Daniel chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Your majesty, the most high, God gave your father, Nebuchadnezzar, sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth, on earth, and sets over them anyone he wishes. God judges the horn, the Antichrist, based on the boastful words the Antichrist spoke. Verse 25 states that the words used to condemn the Antichrist are the words spoken against the Most High God. God judged him guilty, and he is thrown into the burning flame. Revelations 19 and 20. But the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on his behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. And then chapter 20, Revelation, verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. 
The previous empire would continue for a time. Though the natural order, through the natural order, will change directly during Christ's thousand year reign. Following his return to earth, the effects of sin will be will not be totally wiped out until the coming of the new heaven and the new earth. Daniel's picture of the Ancient of Days emphasizes God's wisdom as well as judgment. The one who will judge us with perfect wisdom also holds our future. This gives us confidence in the promise of eternal life. God will judge the sinner, but we have hope as we live in faithful service of Jesus. Amen. Somebody asked me one time not if I believed in eternal security. And I said, yes, I do. But there's conditions. Yeah. I've got to live according to the Word of God if I'm going to have eternal security. Right. I've got to follow the plans that God has laid out before me if I'm going to have the eternal security. I can't live like I want to live. i got to live like God wants me to live. That's right. And if I live like God wants me to live, I have security. Amen. Amen. As his vision continued, Daniel saw one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven into the presence of the Ancient of Days. Jesus is a Son of Man. He used this phrase to refer to himself nearly 80 times in the Gospel. Matthew chapter 8, verse 20. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then in Luke 22, verse 69. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. Wow. The Ancient of Days gives a kingdom to the Son of Man to hold dominion over all people, nations, and languages. They will worship him. This is a reference to Christ's millennial kingdom and reign following the defeat of the Antichrist. The kingdoms of the, of the four beasts will have come and gone, but Christ's millennial kingdom will be worldwide. Yes. While the other kingdoms were man-made, earthly, and influenced by evil forces, Christ's kingdom will be heavenly, divinely inspired, and governed by God Himself. Yes. Amen. While Christians have sometimes struggled to even survive under human rule, everyone surviving under everyone survives under Christ's rule will flourish. Amen. Jesus' kingdom began while he was here on earth. It is now a spiritual kingdom, but a period of time will come when his kingdom will be both spiritual and physical. I don't know about you, but I'm, it's really good. Yeah. Amen. Established on earth during his 1,000 years following his visible return. As servants of Christ, we can trust that no matter what happened in this world around us, 
the kingdom to which we belong will survive. One day we will share in the reward he has provided for us. Amen. Wow. What does the title Son of Man tell you about Jesus? Not everybody all at once. What does the title Son of Man tell you about Jesus? Human manifestation of God speaks to his humanity. Okay. How will a world ruled by Christ different from our present world? Wow. Mm. World without sin. World without pain. Without pain. Sorrow. Sorrow. No tears, no sorrow. No tears, no sorrow. No pain. The biggest thing I think would just be to be in his presence. Yeah. Be oh, in his presence. Be. Yeah. Awesome. If we get a taste of what it's like now, I can only imagine what it'll be like to be before him. I can only imagine. Amen. That's all. Aren't you glad tonight that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that you're a part of the kingdom that's going to stand, that's going to last forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's hard, you know, in this time that we're living in now to see what all is going on. It's hard to wrap your mind around and grasp, but hey, there is a time coming, and I don't believe it's very long until all of this will be done away with, and there will be nothing but peace and joy forever and ever and ever. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Father, I thank you tonight for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace tonight. Lord, I thank you for this privilege that we have, that we can sit down, study your word, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the best is still yet to come for us as long as we stay under your wings Lord we love you tonight we thank you for your many blessings touch us tonight in a special way meet every need that we have we ask it in the name of Jesus tonight we give you praise we give you glory and we give you honor tonight what you've done for what you are doing Lord we want to praise you for what you're going to do we want to praise you for the souls that are going to be saved. Hallelujah. We want to praise you, Lord, for victory tonight. We give you honor tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.